let me say Happy New Year to you as well. It's good to be together this afternoon. Please do uh, have John 15 open in front of you. There are church Bibles at the back. Um, if you haven't got one in front of you, that'll just help you follow through what we're thinking about. Uh, can anyone tell me what the Oxford Word of the Year 2022 was as voted by the British public? Anyone know what the Word of the Year was? Word of the Year 2022, according to Oxford, based upon the votes of the English public, was Goblin Mode. Now, despite the fact that that's really two words, which is the pedant in me getting provoked, we'll leave that aside for the moment. Goblin Mode was voted, believe it or not, Word of the Year 2022. Now, if you're like me, you've no idea what it means, here we go. According to Oxford, Goblin Mode is a type of behaviour which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly or greedy, typically in a way that uh, rejects social norms or expectations. Isn't that striking that that's a snapshot in our culture, that that's the word of the year? Uh, but we'll leave that aside for a different day. Um, the professor of, uh, sorry, the president of Oxford Languages, uh, a man with a wonderful name, Kasper Grathval, commented, uh, he said, how important our vocabulary is to understanding who we are and processing what's happening to the world around us. Given the year we've just experienced, goblin mode resonates with all of us who are feeling a little overwhelmed at this point. What would your word of 2022 be? What word would you choose to help you understand who you are and process what's happening to the world around you? Maybe it would, if you're being honest, be something like goblin mode given the year we've had. Well, that's looking back, and, but what about as we look forward at the start of the new year, what would you want your word of 2023 to be? What word would you want to express who you are in your Christian life? What word this year would you want to express uh, how you're processing what's happening in your family or, or in the spiritual family here at KCC? Well, can I suggest, as opposed to the word goblin mode, let's pray and let's seek that that word for us in 2023 is instead the word fruitful. That's a far better word, isn't it, to make our word of the year. I think that fits with our hopes and our prayers for our church, fits with our vision and values as a church. It's something that I feel we want to be thinking and praying about as a church this year, to be fruitful. I want that to be our word of 2023. I think this idea of being fruitful is both an appealing thing and a challenging thing, though, isn't it? It's appealing because there is something deeply human and instinctive to us to want to be fruitful, to, to, to produce, to, to leave a legacy, to make an impact, to have an effect. That's a good, natural human thing. This, this is an appealing thing. I, I hope to want to be fruitful. But it's also a challenging thing because, if we're being honest, often it doesn't feel like we're really being fruitful at all. If I was to ask you, honestly, do you feel you're being fruitful in your Christian life? Well, I wonder what you would say. Yes, I feel spiritually vital, or I feel like I'm just going through the motions. Well, if I was to ask you, how would you describe, honestly, your Christian service? Do you feel fruitful in the task the Lord has given you to do? Would you say, yes, that's me? Or would you say, I'm drowning in rotor overdose. There's no joy in serving anymore. 
Or if I was to ask you honestly, how do you feel about your, spiritual, uh, your Christian witness? Do you feel fruitful in the opportunities you have to share Jesus with people around you? Would you say, yes, that is honestly me? Or would it be more of a case of, I, I just feel a bit on the back foot. I, I feel insecure that God could use me. I feel intimidated by the cultural pressure and antagonism to Christians in general that I don't really know where to start even identifying as a follower of Jesus today. I don't know what your answers would be to those questions. But I want to encourage us at the start of this year that it is possible, with the Lord's help, to be fruitful in 2023. Why can I say that? Well, because that imagery of fruitfulness is all over the place in what Jesus says in John chapter 15. Do uh, turn back there if you've closed your Bibles. John chapter 15 is part of a larger block of teaching that Jesus gives to help us live and grow and flourish as his followers after his departure. And that language of fruitfulness is all over the place. Look at verse 2. Jesus speaks about the Father, the gardener, pruning to make people even more fruitful. It's there in verse 2. Or in verse 5, he commands his followers to remain in his love so they might be fruitful. They might bear fruit. He speaks of a similar thing in verse 8. It is to the glory of God the Father that we are to bear fruit. And uh, climactically, verse 16, Jesus tells us we've been appointed to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Isn't it encouraging that Jesus wants us to be fruitful in 2023? As individual Christians, in our families, and actually as a wider community here at KCC, I'd love us to pray that fruitful will be our word of 2023. Far better than goblin mode, I'm sure you agree. But, but how is this possible? How can we do it? How can we be fruitful in these ways that Jesus is speaking of here? Well, Jesus says the key, the grounds of being fruitful is to remain in him. To stay joined to him, connected to him, remaining in him and in his love. That, if you like, is the X factor, the secret of being fruitful, remaining in him and remaining in his love. And we're going to unpack that just for a few moments together this afternoon, thinking first about the call Jesus gives to remain in him, remain in Jesus. That's really the burden of the first eight verses in John chapter 15. Look at verse 4. We've already mentioned it, but Jesus gives the clear command for his disciples to remain in me. And Jesus unpacks what he means by this with an image. He uses an image of vine and branches. He immediately unpacks that with that image. Look at verse 5. Remain in me, he says. I am the vine, you are the branches. Jesus is drawing on a rich Old Testament image here, where God's people, the people of Israel, were pictured as a vine. And in the Old Testament, that picture was meant to speak about how Israel was uh, abundant, luxuriant, fruitful. And yet the story of Israel in the Old Testament was often very different. I'm sure if you've read any of the Old Testament, you know that Israel was often faithless, disobedient, not producing pleasing fruit. But in stark contrast, Jesus begins verse 1 by describing himself as the true vine. See, he, he is the fulfilment of all Old Testament Israel stood for. 
In speaking this way, Jesus presents himself as the fruitful one, the faithful one, the supreme example of that fruitful faithfulness. And that's why it's possible, if we remain in him, for us to be fruitful too. He is the true vine. He has life and fruitfulness within him. And as we remain in him, then that flows over to us. That's the point of the image of the vine and the branches, isn't it? Just as branches draw life and nutrients from the vine, so Jesus says we are to draw life and sustenance and spiritual vitality, spiritual resources, spiritual life from him. As we're joined to him, as we're bound to him, as we're knit to him by faith. Jesus says, I am the vine, the source of life. You are the branches to whom that life flows. That's the image Jesus gives. And he unpacks why this is important. Why, if we want to be fruitful, we must remain in him. Listen to verse 5. Apart from me, you can do some things. No, that's not what Jesus says, is it? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Wow, that's pretty blunt, isn't it? Classic Jesus, right? I wonder if we really believe that. Jesus says, apart from him, we can do nothing of lasting, spiritual, meaningful weight and significance. Jesus is crystal clear. Again, verse 4, in case we missed it. No branch, that's us, can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So if we want to make fruitful our word of 2023, here's where we begin this call to remain in Jesus. And bearing fruit is really important for Jesus. Look at verse 2. I am the true vine, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. See, that's why it's important to bear fruit, to remain in Jesus. We're to be growing in our faith. We're called to remain in Jesus, so we're transformed to be like him in our character. We're called to remain in Jesus so that we multiply and grow new disciples of Jesus in 2023. Actually, if we're not honestly really on this page with Jesus or that concerned about the call to be fruitful, we need to honestly question how well we're joined to the vine in the first place and whether the life of Jesus is flowing into us at all. Fruitfulness is really important to Jesus. And it's actually important to God the Father too. He will achieve that fruit in our lives. That seems to be the point Jesus makes in verse 2 when he speaks about the Father as a gardener pruning so that each branch is even more fruitful. This is the Father's agenda for us to be fruitful. Uh, I'm sure you all know that Eve is a fantastic gardener. Uh, If you've been in our house, you've seen her handiwork. She's often outside in the garden uh, pulling up weeds, putting in new plants, that's about the limits of my gardening knowledge, making things look beautiful. And once in a while, she goes out and she has to go and prune. And if you're like me, incompetent in the garden, what that means is she gets some sharp cutters and she gets to work cutting back uh, growth, um, cutting plants and and things back to the roots. Also, the, the energy of the plant are directed not to propping up dead growth, but to producing new growth. It's a pretty brutal process. It looks pretty stern, I'm sure it's painful, but what it's doing is producing greater fruitfulness in the long run. 
And that's the picture of every picture that Jesus uses to describe the way the heavenly gardener, our Father, works in our lives today. He prunes us for fruitfulness. And what is the pruning? Well, most likely it refers to the Father's loving discipline in our lives. Maybe through hardship. Maybe through suffering. All so that we grow in fruitfulness in our Christian life, in our Christian service, in, in our Christian witness. Through the pruning process, which is very hard to say, <laughs> we become more fruitful. It's painful, but effective. See, it's often when we're stripped of other things, when other supports are removed, that we have to lean on Jesus more fully. And that promotes new fruitfulness in our lives, isn't it? Often God has to prise open our hands from other things through the experience of suffering to give us the better thing, more of himself, so that we grow in fruitfulness and are transformed by his presence in our lives. Often when we suffer, we show the beauty and the value of Jesus to others in ways that authenticate what we're saying about the truth of the gospel. And those may be ways the heavenly gardener prunes you, prunes us in 2023. I don't know. But through the painful process of pruning, he produces fruitfulness. So if that is the path the Father calls you to walk this year, that may be painful. We can be honest about that. But trust him. He does know what he's doing. He does love you. He does have a plan that's bigger than our visions for our own lives. And that plan is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness that's grounded on remaining in Jesus. That's why it's important. It matters. But before we move on, let's just note one very quick thing in passing on what it actually means to remain in Jesus. Because it's quite kind of abstract, this idea, isn't it? I get that. I'd love to have Jesus in the room next to us. We could say, what do you really mean? And the best you've got is me. I'm sorry. But let's have a look. Jesus says, verse 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. This is a, a mutual thing, Jesus says. And then he uses a similar expression in verse 7 that unpacks that a little bit more. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Do you see that? So if we want to be fruitful in our Christian lives, in our Christian service, in our Christian witness, we need to remain in Jesus. And that means letting him remain in us. And particularly letting his words remain in us. That's very deliberate. Jesus chooses that phrase. So at the beginning of a new year, let me encourage you, if your Bible has got a bit dusty in 2022, which it will do from time to time, pick it up and blow that dust off. Because as you open the Bible, that's where we encounter Jesus' words. That's where he remains in us as we, as we take his words in. He remains in us. It's a beautiful, warm, relational thing. Blow the dust off your Bible in 2023. Start of the new year. Let's make that a new resolution. Get into scripture more than ever before. Because that's part of how you will remain in Jesus. That's the first command, to help us be fruitful as a church and as individuals. We must remain in Jesus. 
Secondly, and a little bit more briefly, the second half of the chapter is not just about remaining in Jesus, but even more specifically, remaining in Jesus' love. Look at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Thank goodness for that little word, remain. We're not called to earn Jesus' love. We're not called to deserve Jesus' love or merit Jesus' love. No, we are to remain in his love that is already ours. Jesus loves us with the same degree and depth and intensity with which the Father loves him. That should blow our minds, right? As the Father loves me, Jesus says, so have I loved him. You. Friends, we are loved with an eternal love that will never end. A holy love that will only ever do us good. A devoted love that will never give up on us. And we are called to remain in that love. To abide in it, to stay in it. To live in such a way that we experience that richness and fullness and live out of that each day. Remain in his love. That will be the key to being fruitful. So how do we do that again? Great question. And it's at this point that Jesus' argument takes a really surprising turn because he connects remaining in his love not with amazing feats of spiritual strength, not with amazing deep religious experiences, not with impressive shows of devotion, but with simple, ordinary, lowly, common or garden obedience quite an anticlimax isn't it but that's what jesus says verse 10 if you keep my commands he says you will remain in my love just as i have kept my father's commands and remain in his love so if we want to remain in jesus love this year and be fruitful we must set our hearts on obeying and keeping his commands not in a cold dutiful dull way Look at verse 12, 11, sorry. Jesus says, I've told you these things about obeying so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Obeying Jesus' commands is the key to joy in the Christian life. I was speaking on a weekend away with a group of uh, CU students um, last year and after one of the talks, um, a student wanted to come and speak to me and it was clear that he was upset, distressed, he, he, uh, there were tears um, as we spoke he kind of unburdened his heart and became clear that he was broken and his, his life was in bits and pieces in many ways and we were able to talk and that was good but as we spoke um, he poured his heart out and in his words he, he expressed a real sense of wastedness that's not even a word a real sense of wasted years that's better um, through spiritual wandering he spoke of his own regret, how he'd not taken Jesus' command seriously for huge swathes of his life. And as we spoke, it was clear that he was profoundly and genuinely spiritually miserable. There was no other word that could describe his condition. There was no joy there. Because he wasn't keeping Jesus' commands. And he had the spiritual honesty to at least admit that and seek repentance and begin to reform his uh, uh, ways of living and acting. So obeying Jesus is the key to joy. 
And obeying Jesus is the key to fruitfulness, remaining in his love. Now, although this is a broad thing, Jesus does very quickly, and we're about to end, uh, narrow this down to one specific command that we're really to focus in on keeping. Look at verse 12. He zooms in from the wide angle to the narrow focus. My command is this. Verse 12. Love each other as I have loved you. That's particularly the command that captures Jesus' attention here. Love each other as I have loved you. To remain in Jesus' love, we are then to show that love to others, to love them as he has loved us, with a free and and, and deep and profound and long-suffering and patient and transforming and redeeming love. A love that has others' interests at heart, this deeply sacrificial. Verse 13 speaks of the way Jesus loves us again. Greater love has no one than this, he says, to lay down one's life for one's friends. He set the supreme example of that sacrificial love in the way he loves us. We've sung about that and we've seen that at the supper tonight. And he calls us to show that same love in a smaller way to others around us to love and serve and sacrifice for them. As we do so, we keep Jesus' commands and we remain in his love. So friends, let me encourage each of us in 2023 to set our hearts on remaining in Jesus' love and keeping his commands, especially this command to love one another. Because the truth is, there are Christians in this church who you will genuinely find it hard to love. I call them GGs, grace growers. I'm probably one of them to some of you. Just because of my background, my character, my personality, I just grate on you. I don't mean to. That's just the way it is sometimes. I'm sure I'm like that for some of you, and you'll be like that for me at times. But we're called to love each other in spite of that, because of that. And to do that, we must keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, knowing how much he has loved us, being captured by that love, won by that love, transformed by that love, so that in turn we find our love for each other bubbling up and overflowing in ways that please Jesus. So let me encourage us, keep going with loving, annoying, awkward and irritating Christians. I'm sorry I'm often all those things. Let's do that together. Let's love each other. And we'll be fruitful. I really hope your word of 2023 isn't goblin mode um, for a whole host of reasons. Wouldn't it be more wonderful if our word together at 2023 was fruitful? That is possible. I know it feels a reach for some of us, but it is possible. Not in ourselves, but through remaining in Jesus' uh, presence, remaining in him and remaining in his love. Can I encourage us to pray for that for one another? Pray that for our church as I'll pray that for you. And together, let's see how the Lord might use us. Because Jesus says we are appointed to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And he's not going to see that doesn't happen. He's with us. He's for us. This is his heart and his agenda for us as a church. So let's lean into it. Let me pray for us that that's exactly what will happen this year. Let's pray together. Father, we would be fruitful father we 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 confess so often (laughs) we feel very far from that 
we feel we're just stuck in a rut or going through the motions or just marking time, the structures of life, the frustrations of just living in a broken world, just the, the tensions and nuts and bolts of church life. I mean, there are so many times we don't feel fruitful. We just feel that we're marking our time. But this year, Father, we pray for bigger vision. We pray for greater faith. This year, Father, we pray we would set our hearts on being fruitful. Not because we're brilliant, but because you are with us. Would you please help us to remain in Jesus this year? And let his words remain in us. Deepen our love and our focus and our passion for Jesus this year, we pray. That we might know all we are, all we have in him more richly in our lives. Especially help us to remain in Jesus' love. Thank you that as you love your son, so he loves us. Help us to be won by that love, stunned by that love, moved daily by that love, so that we remain in it and find that love welling up in our hearts and overflowing to others in this church and wider and further afield, of course. But help us, please, to love each other. And as we do so, to bear fruit that will bring you glory and us much joy in 2023, we pray. For Jesus' sake. Amen.